welcome to A Command of Her Own, a Star Trek podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin. And I'm your host, Jen. This week we're discussing The Girl Who Leapt Through Time, a 2006 anime based on a novel about a girl who suddenly has the ability to travel through time. I felt very strange saying a Star Trek podcast at the beginning. (laughs) Yes, we're a Star Trek podcast currently discussing random sci-fi shows while Star Trek Discovery is on hiatus. Yeah. Yeah, that's all that I had meant to go and and do more uh, production notes and stuff like that. But I didn't have time today. Um, I, we did... I watched this with my husband, and mm-hmm. we did a little bit of looking up about it, that it was based on a novel. Mm-hmm. And is it the novel and the other movie that both tell the ant story? Or oh. is the novel this story, and then they... I couldn't... I can't remember quite how it works. I honestly don't know. I have... I didn't look up anything. I've just watched the movie. Oh, okay. Or I've looked... I've read some stuff about the movie. I didn't really look up anything about the further stories. Right. Well, see, like, the the novel is from the 50s or 60s. Okay. And, yeah, I can't remember if... I think that this is, like, a retelling of the story. Mm-hmm. And the original one was the ant story. Oh, okay. That would be really interesting. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm kind of interested as well. Like, and I remember watching the movie and, like, the character of the ant was really interesting to me and I wanted sort of more of that and now I understand how that all connects together and why they why she was so interesting because they were working off of her that would be interesting to read just because of some of the theories about about the ending of the movie which I'll get into when we get there yes I can imagine have you seen anything else that the director Hosoda has done I do not think so. I didn't think to check that, so I'm going to do a quick I have seen look up. all but three of the movies he's directed. Really? Yeah, so I've seen the Digimon movie, which was his first. Um, I have not seen the One Piece movie that he directed, and then he did this one, and then Summer Wars, which was really good, and Wolf Children, which was really really good and very sad don't watch that one if you don't want to just cry i have heard of wolf children um oh oh, well i've seen samurai champloo and it looks like he's got directing credits in that i have seen some one piece tv he's got one episode in that but i have no idea if any of the episodes i've seen is that one episode he's done because mm-hmm. one piece entirely blurs yeah i've never watched and, it and then the one piece movie i don't think i've seen that one i think i've only seen maybe one of the one piece movies and i've definitely not seen any digimon so that's intriguing to me as we were young people at the same time well, I guess you're a bit I, older I, than me, and Digimon was sort say, of was... at the end of... Yeah, like, all these Digimon it. credits are listed as 99, 2000, 2001. Mm-hmm. So I would have been 1920. Right. So... Well, I guess his... the Okay, we're getting way deep into this. But his television 
Digimon stuff like that TV would have aired after oh, I guess not because the movie is in 2000 oh no I mean, I'm, I'm, sh- I'm very wrong anyways oh uh, I thought maybe he was part of the later Digimon movies or, or TV shows that are about a different set of characters, but no, it doesn't oh, okay. look like it was. And okay. While the movie was about the first two sets of characters. Anyway, let's not get into Digimon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we won't talk about Digimon. There's a whole world there, though. Yeah. That... We don't and need I know to like, get nothing in... about it. Yeah, we don't need to get into how... I, I, I guess everybody knows how nerdy I was. But we don't need to... You don't need to get into it. It's fine. I mean, M. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I've seen anything else that the screenplay writer's done. The screenplay writer wrote also Summer Wars and Wolf Children and... Oh, the newer so, Kiki's Delivery Service. I was like, Kiki's Delivery Service? What? No, but the, the, two, the 2014 one. So they work together a lot, it looks like. I'm surprised that they also wrote Summer Wars because Summer Wars is basically like he took the Digimon movie and then made it without Digimon. There's also apparently, it looks like, a live-action television miniseries of this airing in Japan recently or currently. Yeah. Which I found interesting. I didn't know if it was based on the book or the movie, though. Yeah, uh, I didn't see much more about it other than it was, like, I think 2017 in in Japan. And that's as far as I got. I would be interested in learning more. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, Before we get into talking points, were there any announcements? Um... I don't think that there's any announcements, really. I did see a little bit of speculation this morning um, because, I guess, filming has begun. And um, Marina Sirtis went to Toronto. And for those who don't know, that's who plays Deanna Troy in Star Trek The Next Generation. Mm-hmm. And Jonathan Frakes, who played Will Riker, uh, was doing work on Discovery because he's directing episode two of the second season. Mm -hmm. And she visited the set, and Jonathan Frakes posted a photo of them on his account. And now there is all this mad speculation that she might be in Star Trek Discovery. Do you think she'd be playing a different character? Or do you think... Well, that's... Well, she's not born yet. Right, but time travel is a thing. Well... There, there's an ugly hole there that they could go into. And for those who have seen Enterprise, you might know what I'm talking about. Um, the thing I tweeted this morning was like speculation on seven different characters she could be playing. Okay. And so it's at this point, extremely wild speculation, just based on the fact that she officially went to Toronto just to work. She didn't specify what project she was doing. Mm-hmm. Actually, I don't even know that she said she went to Toronto to do filming work on anything. That may be supposition as well. She may have just gone to Toronto for completely other reasons. She may have gone there just to visit Jonathan Frakes. I mean, they worked together for seven years. They still seem really close. Um, and then that one photo that Jonathan Frakes posted of them when she visited him while he was directing. So it's all from what I've seen based on that. And that's all the news I've seen. 
So, yeah. All right. So, did you like the movie? I did. Mm-hmm. I was a little underwhelmed by it. Right. And I was trying to think about why, and I think there's a couple reasons. Okay. Um, one, it was a little bit late in the evening when I was able to start watching, mm-hmm. and I was very tired. Gotcha. Um, two, this is really anime that is like following the Japanese school scene, mm-hmm. and I have not seen a lot of that yet. So I'm sure this ranks high for that subset of Japanese anime, but like my experience has been all of Studio Ghibli, which is more like fantasy, children's. I mean, the only Ghibli title that really delves into this a bit is Whisper of the Heart. Which is one of my favorites, actually. Yes. It's I love that one. Incredible it's amazing. And then I've, like, I've seen Samurai Champloo, I've seen some One Piece, which is just, like, completely different uh, themes. Like, it's just very, very different. Um, Like, I've seen a little bit of Minami K, um, which is just much more comedic. So, like, I didn't really have a good context for it, and I was expecting it to be almost more science-y or fantasy-esque. Right. But it didn't really get into that. That wasn't the purpose of the movie, to get into the the hows and whys and have a mission set out for her or anything like that. So, it was it was good. It just wasn't quite what I was expecting yeah, it is very, when I went into it. It is very different than anything we've done yet. Mm-hmm. Which is one of the reasons I wanted to do it. Also, I haven't seen it in like 10 years, so I was interested right. in watching it again. Right. I didn't... I I did know enough that when they were standing around trying to decide what to do at one point, and then they were like trying to... One of them suggested or something, going to the beach. Mm-hmm. That going... Like there's always a beach episode in a lot of the anime TV series. Yes, there is. And so I did have a little chuckle at that, that they threw that in there. Um, but it's a beautifully done film, like in terms of the animation and the visuals they chose. Mm-hmm. Um, the time travel visuals were amazing. Mm-hmm. Really well done. Uh, the scenes of Japan made me super, super nostalgic and made me want to go visit again. Mm-hmm. And highly enjoyed it uh, speaking of like the cinematography i really mm-hmm. love that scene right near the end where she's like running to the baseball field mm-hmm. and it's like a minute of just her running and they make that interesting choice of like she can't keep up with the camera because right. like she falls behind and it's animated so obviously that is a very conscious decision that they made right yes so I don't. I really liked that bit, and it it goes on for a bit. And it's just her like heavily breathing and sprinting, mm-hmm. and I don't know. It's a really mm-hmm. good bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they made a lot of really conscious choices, I, and as one of the films, I could see having this in the my collection mm-hmm. and watching it again and again, especially because you could catch so many more details. Because like the first time through watching you don't know what important bits are necessarily going to be revisited again. Yeah. 
through the time travel loops. And so I could see where you would just get more and more, uh, you'd catch more things, different things with different angles that they've chosen would give you more perspective on it or be more resonant, things like that. Mm -hmm. So if you were a teenager who discovered you could jump into the past, Mm -hmm. would you fix the same or change the same types of things that Makoto tried to change? Oh, yeah. 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 I really love how at one point her aunt is like, well, I'm glad you're not trying to change anything important. (laughs) (laughs) Well, but these are things that are important to her. No, I know. But I love that, like, her aunt just calls her on, like, not trying to, you know, stop people from dying or anything. Because I think there's certainly, like, an anime out there that could do that. You know, like, that's where people have these powers and they are now superheroes you know what i mean but she's just like nope i want to ace this quiz yeah yeah well and i think like she got the power accidentally Mm -hmm. right so it's not like other stories would tell it where you know she was chosen to go back and do this thing Mm -hmm. because you know important reasons and it wasn't like that so she just like accidentally found that she could leap through time and so yeah she is going to just be like a typical teenager and be make very selfish choices and if i were a teenager and suddenly found that i could leap through time i think i would make very selfish choices too yeah yeah i think i would too i mean like if it was it happened to her with some sort of message or mission or things like that Mm -hmm. then i could see trying to figure it out and that would be the mystery but i actually think i'd be worse and i would like because i was getting decent grades like i wasn't struggling in school i wasn't like i was having different high school issues yeah so i would have probably used my time travel powers for much more nefarious purposes, perhaps? I don't know. I'm pretty sure yeah, I would I have know. used it so that I could, like, go to school all day and then jump back and spend the day at home. Or, like, or, mm-hmm. or vice versa, you know? So that I went to school, did the stuff, but also got to spend the day at home uh, doing whatever I wanted. But it, it changes... Oh, like, what you'd do is you'd, like, first you'd skip school. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I'd have to spend the day at home first. <laughs> Yeah, and then you jump back in time and go through and and not get in trouble for skipping school. Yeah, I mean, not that I ever got in trouble for skipping school, really, but... Yeah. Um, That's our message of the week. Skip school. Doesn't matter. (laughs) (laughs) Did you like Makoto? Um, I, I was kind of neutral. I think that was part of the other reason I didn't super connect with this movie Mm -hmm. is because I, well, I connected more with the aunt because that's more where I am in my life right now. Right. So if I had, if I had seen this in 2006, I might have connected more with the teenage characters. I guess I connected a lot with her 
Like a lot of what she does is just not wanting anything to change. You know, even if it's something that she deep down does want, she just doesn't want anything to change. Right. You can tell that she just kind of wants it to be this, this summer with her and her two friends forever. She wants to play ball. She wants to do these things with them. And that's, and she's not like, there's a lot of talk about how she has to choose what she's going into next year because they're in their final year of high school and she's just blowing that off. You know, she's not making mm. decisions. She doesn't want anything to change. And she uses... Okay, I missed that. Um, she's using a lot of her time travel to take back conversations and make sure that they don't happen that would have these things change. Yes. Yeah, I think that's part, like, that's not my style. Mm, gotcha. I I am not a nostalgic person. Like, even thinking of the past, um, I have never really yearned for, like, yesterday. Um, even when I was a teenager, I didn't mind having more responsibilities because mm-hmm. then I was having more agency in my own life as well. Yeah. And even, like, with something like moving, because we moved a couple times when I was a kid. And I didn't have that, like, intense sadness of leaving a house for another place. Mm-hmm. I was just like, yeah, yeah, we're moving. It's it's going to be a new house. There's going to be new cool stuff about this house that I'm going to love. And it was the same, like, leaving high school, going to college. I was like, yeah, I'm leaving high school, but I'm going to college, like, with way more choices of classes, with way more interesting stuff. Um, things where, like, you know, I finally get to, instead of doing, like, such and such generic provincial program, Mm -hmm. it's, you know, the program for my life. And so I've always approached things that way. So her, her reluctance for things to change, I was like, yeah, things change anyways. You can't really fight that. You know... Strangely enough, I have known not really any nostalgia for being younger either. You know, my teenage years were not the best years of my life. And I don't have any desire to go back or to, as you said, lose any agency. Um, But I think I don't like change now. You know, like, uh, I don't know. Now that we're, I'm an adult, like we get into... A lot of situations where friendships become harder and and that sort of that thing. That is true. And so I kind of understood now her desire to just not have the friendships change at all. Even if it would have turned out well for her. You know, even if it was, you know, as we saw, mm-hmm. she kind of regretted not not letting Chiaki have his mm-hmm. romantic confession. Mm-hmm. Not, yeah. not kind of. That's like the whole plot of the movie. <laughs> yeah, and like relationships do change. And even now thinking about where I'm at in life, a lot of the new friends that you start to make as a mom, mm-hmm. that's all going to change for me next year. Because I've got another child going to school mm-hmm. and I'm going to be lining up with him in the morning and it's going to be a whole new group of moms. And so I'm not going to get that, you know, several times a week standing and chatting with my current group of friends 
And so those relationships are going to suffer. Yeah. Because it won't get that regular contact. Mm-hmm. So, so I, I understood that part of it. Like, mm-hmm. how she just panicked at anything. That was like... <laughs> I, I don't she know. She did. Yeah. And that it does seem to be a fairly typical teenage reaction Mm -hmm. or a young adult reaction. Yeah. So what did you think of the two boys? Chiaki Um, and Kosuke. Chiaki and Kosuke. This is where I'd want to watch it again because Mm -hmm. Chiaki seemed like the, you know, irresponsible, bad boy um, kind of guy. Mm-hmm. But watching it from the beginning, knowing what you know about him from the end, I think would put a slightly different lens on things. Yeah. Not that I'm convinced that he is a better person than, uh, what was it? Kosuke? Kosuke. Okay. And, huh. I, I find yeah. that because he is, did we, well, whatever, we're spoiling the whole movie for people, um, that because he is from the future, to some degree, none of this matters to him, right? Like, school doesn't matter. Yeah. He stays because he has these two friends, and he's having so much fun with them. He doesn't care about school or that other stuff, because he knows that doesn't really matter to him. Right. Right. And for Kosuke, uh, you know, he is the typical highly driven student mm-hmm. who is, you know, he's the beefcake, um, for lack of a better term. But he's smart. It's not the best term. He's he's smart. He, he's got, like, a good physique. Mm-hmm. He seems athletic. Chiaki seems to, like, have the more slouched kind of cool kid persona. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. They're both okay. And, well, I was going to say, I like how not so much Chiaki, really. Although, to a degree, I suppose. But, even though the story is about Makoto, you do get to see at least Kosuke change a bit through the story, even though it's all kind of taken back and blah 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 time travel. But, like, mm-hmm. There's that thing at the beginning where he's just like, no, I must concentrate on my studies because she did better than me and she is an idiot. How did she do better than me? (laughs) And then at the end, he's like, okay, yeah, we'll invite them to play baseball with us. We'll have a good time. And he's more, he seems more open to, you know, just having some fun also, like not just studying. Right. Yeah. Which is a bit uh, of the lesson that... Makoto learns yeah. is like, you know, focus on the time right now yeah. because time waits for no one, which is that message written on the board. Yeah. We do see that over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. So Kosuke arcs, Makoto has an arc, and like a character arc. Yeah. And I feel like Chucky doesn't so much have an arc as like, we just get to know him better. Yeah. His actions kind of prompt the arc of the other two characters. Yeah. 
because as you said at the beginning he does just sort of seem like that that lazy teenage boy who you know doesn't mm-hmm. do anything or yeah. you know just He's... wants to goof around and then at the end that's it, right i mean that's kind of true but it's for a specific reason Hmm. so yeah and we can talk mm-hmm. about him more when we talk about the ending but yes. you have said that you really liked the ant anti-witch yeah anti-witch and i also really liked her yeah she just like first of all the fact that they called her anti-witch mm-hmm. was interesting in the credits that she seems to be listed just as obasan mm-hmm. i didn't see anyone called anti-witch here so i'll assume that the did you the watch word for ant did you watch in english or japanese watched in japanese i watched it in english so i don't know what the what they were actually saying well obasan is the japanese word for ant yes i'm aware yeah so yeah the translation the written translation was anti-witch okay so i wonder why which i made that choice yeah like i was curious about it as well and then you go and she's and she works at a museum an art museum, mm-hmm. restoring artwork. And I was expecting her to be much more of like, uh, like the old woman witch stereotype. I was not expecting her to be this very professional looking Japanese woman. Yeah, I guess I would presume that the, uh, um, that Makoto's mom's a little bit judgy of single women. Yeah, yeah, especially with the take this to your aunt and ask her when she's getting married yeah. line right at the beginning. Yeah. So that's kind of <laughs> shitty. Yeah, so that might be the sort of, you know, spinster equivalent that they were going for. Yeah. Um, but she also makes comments up to, which was one of the things that confused me. At one point when Makoto tells her she's going through time. Mm-hmm. She makes a comment that, yeah, this is about the age that it happens. Well, I think at first she was just being like, like, because she describes how, you know, on a Sunday afternoon when she was a teenager, she would just sleep in and then suddenly it would be evening and time would be gone. And so I think she was sort of talking about how that's sort of the age when you first really start to notice that time is just disappearing from you, Mm. you know, or that that time doesn't wait for you, that you need to do things to make them happen but then that's the way i interpreted that conversation but then as Mm -hmm. they went on she did also take her seriously about the actual time travel yes and also she what did she make i can't remember if she commented on this or if it was something i read afterwards but where she is waiting for someone to return Mm -hmm. so I had gotten the feeling from that and from things I read afterwards that this had happened to the ant. And then I just wanted to know more about about what had happened to her and that everything that was going on and like, does it, is it like running families? Is this like, you know, is there something more paranormal happening here? But they totally don't go into that at all. Yeah, no. That's not what this is about. I mean, the story that she gives her about her past is really just to motivate 
Makoto to do something about what's happened herself. Right. Yes. To further reinforce that, you know, you're getting chances to to do things again and think carefully on how you're using them. And Now, okay, the first time I watched this movie, because mm-hmm. we're like the audience and we understand how stories work, as soon as she discovered mm-hmm. that number on her arm... Mm-hmm. I got mm-hmm. so frustrated with how she was wasting her her time leaps. I, mean, I, I oh yeah. I, since I knew what was going to happen, I didn't have that this time. But the first time, I just remember being like, "It's obviously counting down. What are you doing? <laughs> Make better choices." <laughs> <laughs> I was not as frustrated at that. Um, I thought, well, because like I figured something important was going to happen. Yeah. Closer to when the time had run out. And yeah, the one thing that took us a while to figure out was at the end when hers has gone down to zero mm-hmm. and then she has that encounter with Chiaki mm-hmm. and then he goes back in time and then it resets her number because yeah, like... We were a bit confused about that. We kind of had to sit there and be like, why did she get a number back? Like, why did she get another? And then we were like, oh, because, like, this happened, and then he went back, and then... Yeah, okay, that makes sense. That seemed a bit arbitrary at first. No. I, I, but... That's probably my favorite bit in the movie, when she reala- when she sees that she has her one back, and she's like, I can fix it all! You know? And, right. and she realizes why she got it back and everything, and I, I really like that bit. And how she yeah. goes running down the street and just leaps off the... I, that is actually what I love about this movie, that she actually has to physically jump in order to time travel, and it causes her to just crash into everything. Yes, yeah, that that was very amusing, I gotta say. It was an interesting bit. Um, and I guess she's always going back to the past... Yes. Well, there's that. There's bits at the beginning where she obviously doesn't know what she's doing yet, and she just seems to jump around a bit. Right. With with the pudding and everything. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Getting her precious pudding. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And then. But then, yeah, she always seems to go backwards. But I, I yes. Can... So it wouldn't matter that she uh, like disappears. Yeah. Like that's what I was thinking. Like. Um, you know, her crashing around, she's kind of portrayed as a bit of a klutz. So she's always going somewhere where she was. Mm-hmm. So it's okay. She doesn't, like, pop out of thin air, crashing into people. And then if you're changing the past, it wouldn't matter that you've suddenly disappeared from wherever you were running. Yeah. Because you're going to change all those events anyways. Yeah. It's crazy. There's a lot of yeah. time travel in this. Yeah. Does the movie make you cry? Um, confession. It takes yeah. nothing to make me cry. <laughs> you can put a little bit of sad music in there and I will cry. So yes, yes, it does. Okay. I think I was too tired. Hmm. I think if I had been more awake watching it like in the middle of the day, I would have been more affected. Gotcha. But oddly, not the very end part. No, the bit where he leaves the first time? 
No, the oh. bit where she has to go save. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, that bit's Co- tough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that part I was like, this is where people cry. <laughs> oh, no. I'm more like when she cries, that gets me. Oh. I, when other people cry, okay. I'm like, okay, I guess we're crying now. <laughs> okay. It's bad. Gotcha. Yeah. No, but yeah, when Kosuke and the friend, Yuki? Y- Yuri. Yuri. I think. Uh, when they die and she doesn't have any, yeah. she's at zero. See, that's what I'm talking about. She was wasting her jumps and then she had to watch her friends die. Yeah. Oh. And that bit was particularly well done because like she thought she'd made it in time and that it hadn't happened. And then you see them go by her and she's like, oh shit. Yep. But then, uh, Chiaki uses his last one to do it. To that's right. Save him. Yep. And then he has to just disappear? That doesn't make any sense. But whatever. They needed the melodrama. They did. So what did you think of the ending? Did it make sense um, to you? Mm, mm, well, it's an ending that is open to er- interpretation. Yes. Which which I like in general. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't like it when films have like an ending and then they like you know give you narration about you know this is this is what this means yeah so i like that it was open-ended um he leaves and then she's left there right yeah but they before he goes back to the future they sort of promise to see each other again yes yeah i think he says i'll be waiting for you or something yeah which I don't know if that makes sense or what he means for her to do. So there are a couple of theories. Right. The first one I don't personally hold to because it makes the whole movie kind of a sham. And that is that Chiaki is a time traveling con artist who wants this painting and so goes back in time and meets a couple of women and convinces them to fall in love with him so that they will restore the painting and then keep it safe so that he can have it in the future. That is definitely a possibility. So it would mean that he was the dude who her aunt is waiting for. And then he went back and convinced her to, you know, get into restoring art and and that painting in particular. And then did the same thing with with, uh, Makoto so that she would promise to keep it safe for him. Mm-hmm. I don't like that theory at all because it makes him out to be a big asshole and I don't know. I, I guess as the movie is about Makoto and her self-discovery, it doesn't really change anything there. Yeah. I I kind of can see where that theory comes from. Mm-hmm. But there's nothing and I, I haven't read the book. I, I don't know yeah. what happens in the other movie. But like, it seems, I guess... There's no indication that he knew that these were the women who would have the power to do that in the past. Yeah. Yeah. It, right? It, like, it's not like you ever see him, you know, targeting them or trying to steer them in a particular direction. Yeah. No, I, I agree. And while I think it... it you know, joins up the two stories of, of the aunt and, and of Makoto kind of nicely, or mm-hmm. joins them up well, let's say. Um, mm-hmm. 
I don't really think it holds. And so the other theory that I hold more to is that throughout a lot of the movie, as I mentioned before, there's that talk of what, I guess, I don't know how Japan schools work, but I guess when you're going mm-hmm. into their equivalent of college, you have to choose mm-hmm. what you're going to be doing, like majoring in before you get there. And so there's a lot of talk about whether or not she's going to go into liberal arts or sciences. And it even sort of ends mm-hmm. with her being confident in a decision, but we don't we don't get to see the decision. Mm-hmm. And so I've always kind of thought, because there is such emphasis placed on what she's going to go into, um, and because of what's happened to her, I've always thought, she goes into sciences. She invents the time travel. Or something to that effect because she already knows how kind of how it works and what needs to happen oh and then that's how they and that and the fact that he said i'll I'll wait for you in the future you know that's how she can go and meet up with him wasn't she failing her science or math class though at the beginning i think that was mostly because she wasn't you know putting herself wasn't applying applying. herself yeah okay okay so that's how I like to look at that ending. And I think it makes it nicer and not weird. Like, because the other option is, like, she ages normally and they meet up in the future and he's a teenager. Right. And that would be kind of creepy. Yeah. Do you, so, hmm, I'm trying to de- decide if this is the same time traveler that the aunt met. It didn't look like him in the picture. Okay. Right? Because, I, I mean, people can change their hair, so that doesn't really mean much. But the dude in the picture had black hair, and I think it wasn't, it wasn't like, all over the place the way Chiaki's hair is. Mm. Mm-hmm. But that being said, that doesn't mean that that might not be a time traveler. Because, like, mm-hmm. Makoto now has all this knowledge about time travel, so she could arrange for that to happen, or learn of it happening and encourage it to happen. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so open-ended. Mm-hmm. Like, I could see why people would be spinning off all these theories. And doesn't the ant forget most of the things, except that she's waiting? I, like, the ant forgets what happened to her? What happened yeah. when she was young? Mm-hmm. Um, Although maybe that's just, like, you know, looking back on things. Yeah. I don't know. In in the English one, the only really line that I remember her saying was something like, you know, I didn't mean to wait for him, but here I am. Oh, okay. I can't remember most of the lines. Uh, conf- but again, it's... I could see where I'd, I'd want to watch it again and again. Yeah. To catch all the nuance in there. Yeah. I, d- I decided to watch it in English this time because when I watched it originally, that was in Japanese. But again, that was like 10 mm-hmm. years ago. So I don't I remember. I did it. realize. I did realize that, like, I usually watch things with subtitles. So I was like, I'm going to treat myself and listen to the Japanese and read the subtitles, mm-hmm. right? Because that's no problem. And then partway th- as the movie started, I was like, this does make taking notes a little more challenging. <laughs> So I just stopped taking notes and watched the movie. <laughs> so, I don't know. I hold to my Makoto invents time travel and goes to find Chiaki later. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know if I'm convinced of that. She may go into the sciences. I like a happy ending. And that's how I can give myself a happy ending. Okay. 
but obviously it is very up to interpretation and could yeah. be anything really. Well, I'm just, I wasn't 100% convinced that she chose Chiaki fully. Like, because she kind of waffled between them. Between the two boys? They both, yeah, they both asked her out, right? I don't think her and Kosuke were ever, like, I don't, I don't think he was ever interested. And I don't think she was ever really interested. Because a lot of their, even near the end there, after he's left... Like, Kosuke is always like, he had a big thing for you. How did you not see that? Mm. And she she tells she tells Yuri that she likes Chiaki in order to crush Yuri's dreams. <laughs> or in order to have an honest conversation with her friend about... Right. Instead of just resenting her forever, as happened in one of the leaps. Okay. So, I don't know. But, again, they are teenagers, so that's not exactly when you find your true love in real life, but necessarily. True. So, yeah, do we have anything else to say? Um, Is there anything else you want to discuss? I don't know. I really like this movie. I'm glad, I'm glad I chose it so that I could watch it again. Yeah, it was good. Um, what is your pick for next week? I just realized I had to decide that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And I was like, damn it. I thought about reminding you at the beginning of the episode, but then I didn't. I, I remembered earlier this morning when I tried to at first go in and put my few notes in. Mm -hmm. I was like, right, the next one is my pick. Okay, I'm going to pick one that I have seen a lot of. Okay. Which is going to be much more problematic. Okay. But that I still love. Mm -hmm. Let's watch The Fifth Element. Okay. I love The Fifth Element. Are you excited about that? Yes, I've okay, also good. seen a lot of that one. Oh, I yes. love that movie. It just occurred to me, did we... I'm trying to think if there was any particularly problematic aspects of this movie. Um, well, we talked about the mom making that comment about the ant yes and i feel like there was just sort of subtle stuff like that like like all there were other things that the teenage girls in this movie talked about but mostly they talked about boys yes but i mean even like i mean the bechdel test has a very low bar it did pass it which this movie passes because yeah. she talks to the aunt about the time travel aspect she, and, and she talks to yuri about school and yeah and that sort of thing but i mean most of the female interactions were about boys yes but again like a lot of that was very typical anime so yes yeah i don't know well and i mean the movie i wouldn't call it a romance necessarily but it was there is a romance element to it it was definitely teenage melodrama yes yeah, yeah. so it's hard to avoid it yeah talking about boys um but other than that i don't i don't really think so like i liked that the movie was mo about her friendship with the two boys but it did show that you know she had other friends who were girls too you know, it was just, and, and that mm -hmm. the boys had other friends too, and you know what I mean? Like it wasn't just, mm -hmm. yeah. And they played baseball. Yeah. Uh, 
and it was fine that she played baseball with the two guy friends. Like, it wasn't ever made into an issue. Yeah. So, I think it was fine, especially compared to a lot of the high school anime I've seen. I don't know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> could have been much, much worse, yeah. for sure. They could have gone to the beach and had whole scenes with girls and, you know, yep. skin- skimpy bikinis, <laughs> as I'm sure some some anime has done. Could have had, you know, a thing with a teacher being in love with a student or just a teacher being kind of a <gasps> lecherous asshole. I mean, that happens yes, yeah. a lot in anime. Mm. So, you know, I thought this one was pretty yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. In terms of that, it's true. It could be much worse. Yeah. Never claimed to only like unproblematic things. Oh, no, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I am ashamed of how much I like anime. <laughs> Don't be ashamed for liking what you like. I guess. But don't let it off the hook and expect it to be better and try and, you know, move it in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's all you can do. Yeah. It's going to be hard to find things to discuss about the fifth element other than, man, this movie is so much fun. (laughs) I I could come up with a few things. I guess. Don't worry. I guess. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Um, So, yeah. So, next week is the fifth element. And, Kate, do you have any recommendations? Yes. <laughs> Suspenseful. I did not I did not think about this. Just give me a minute. Do you want me to go first? Because I thought of mine this sure. week. Okay. So this week I am going to recommend another podcast. This one is also Canadian. Hmm. And it's called Métis in Space. Um... For those who are unfamiliar, Métis is part of our can- Canadian history. Well, not Canadian history. They're a particular people in Canada um, who have uh, Indigenous and Caucasian mixed ancestry. Um, so that's... And the two hosts are Métis women. Mm-hmm. And... They talk about uh, indigenous depictions in media, movies and television. Interesting. So they recently, and the reason it, it remind, I was reminded of it today is because a podcast popped up in my feed, and they were doing a live show at McGill University about the episode of Star Trek Discovery, uh, the name of which I'm going to butcher because it was that one in Latin. Oh, yeah. But it's the one where they... It's the one where they go to Pavo. Yeah. Because the Pavians are indigenous people on that planet. And they dissect how that is depicted and all of the problematic things that come up with it. And they've done a whole bunch... They've done other Star Trek episodes. They've done other movies. Uh, they've done other TV shows. They do a really good job. They're quite... Um, uh, acerbic in their attitude. Mm-hmm. A lot of sarcasm, um, a lot of really cutting comments. And so if you want to listen to them talk about that episode of Star Trek Discovery, check them out or any of their other critiques of Aboriginal representation in science fiction. I'm- I will give you a slight warning that some of their earlier podcasts had like comedy bits to them. 
which were not my cup of tea, so I often skipped them. Okay. Um, but their commentary about the media itself is spot on. They raise a lot of good points that are things that I certainly didn't always, uh, that I wasn't aware of, that I didn't pick up on just because I have a privileged background. Mm-hmm. And yeah, hmm. I find it very informative and entertaining. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And and they speak a bit of their, um, I can't remember what nation they are from, but they do speak a bit of their Aboriginal language. Okay, cool. In the beginning of it, like to introduce it and stuff. And that's another reason I love it because I'm a language nerd. And so every time they do the intro, I just like listen and it brings me joy. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm going to stick with our anime theme this week and recommend one that I've been watching recently, um, Mm -hmm. which is the new sort of, I think, well, the new Cardcaptor Sakura which is the most adorable anime in existence. Um, Well, with it and the original, it does actually, now that I'm thinking about it, have that problematic thing with a teacher and a student when they're in grade Mm. five. Anime is a weird-ass place. Ooh, it really is. Um, Really is. But it also actually has... It's like a kid's show with some uh, canonical uh gay relationships so that's and like not just relationships but gay crushes and that sort of thing and it's all treated very normally Mm. so it's got some good parts to it too and it really is just incredibly incredibly adorable and the new one um which is a sequel to the original is very very well animated and very pretty and I just love the characters so much, and and I love watching it because it's so cute. So, are they still grade five students, or did they like age them up for the sequel? They're in middle school now. They're in middle school now. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's same characters, or just older? Yeah. Okay. Cool. And yeah, they it's it's a magical girl anime. So there's weird, there's fun outfits, but they they're sort of tongue in cheek about that, and. There's weird magic-y stuff and a mystery to be solved, I guess, about what's hmm. happening with the weird magic stuff. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I I really want to watch more of the magical girl and anime genre. Uh, just because, uh, well, in particular, I want to watch Powerpuff Girls. Okay. Which I don't know if that is anime or is it North Japanese. American. Okay, then uh, Sailor Moon is the other one. I have watched. Because I know a lot of people. More Magical Girl than you probably think I have. So, <laughs> if you okay. ever need any recommendations, uh, chances are I've seen it. Okay. okay. What you should actually watch just... is Princess Tutu. That's the best Magical Girl anime ever made. Okay, age appropriate for. No. Nope. Um... No. Okay, okay. No, well, part of it is that, like, I want to expose my children to a wide variety of media. Right. And I know there's a lot of really compelling stories that have been told in anime. Mm-hmm. They Japanese creators often treat it with more dignity and respect. Uh, and so 
the writing is sometimes better. Sometimes, not always. But a lot of North American creators in the past, you know, a kid's show, quote unquote, doesn't get treated with a lot of respect. They don't try and put in a lot of thought to the plots. It's just very formulaic, action-based. And so I want to try and balance some of what my kids see. And my kids are boys. And so they naturally get shown a lot of boy shows. And I just want to try and balance that with some girl shows. If uh, Funimation did redub Sailor Moon, the original Sailor Moon recently, so it doesn't do that thing Mm -hmm. where it took out all the gay relationships that the original dub did. Right. So, if you wanted. But again, I think my kids are a little young for Sailor Moon. I'm trying to think of one that's been dubbed that would be of a good... Hmm. I'll have to get back to you on this one, because I am thinking of one, but it has not been dubbed. Yeah. And presumably your kids are too young for subtitles. Yes, yes. That's why I'm... Like, they're just... Yeah. That does add a layer of uh, of complexity to it because they cannot yet. Well, I mean, they're learning to read, but they can't they can, yeah, read to keep, keep up, up with yeah. subtitles. Yeah, that's. I understand. So, if any of our listeners have a recommendation for uh, a dubbed children's anime series for you know the six year oldish age range, let me know. So yeah, send us your recommendations as well as for sci-fi movies and TV shows with, you know, women that you want us to check out. And uh, yeah. All right. I think that's everything. Yeah, I think that's it. Thank you for listening. If you have any questions or comments you would like to share, you can contact us by email at own at gmail.com or on Twitter at own. And we are also on Instagram, instagram.com slash a command of her own. And I've been Jen. And I've been Caitlin. Bye. See you next time. See ya. Uh, Makoto, Chiaki, and the other one. Yes, yes, that's my problem. (laughs) (laughs) Kosuke, apparently. Yes, Kosuke. Okay.